0: Jesus said, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We must never lose sight of the urgency of prayer. God will not work if his people do not pray. Now, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't understand that. I don't understand why people getting saved depends on my prayer. I don't understand that. But I'm telling you, that's the way it is. And if we can't understand it, we just need to obey it. There are people that you and I need to be praying to Jesus Christ. And by the way, you know who they are? They are the very people that you think they will never get saved. When that's your first impulse about a person, it's time to put them on your prayer list. God, please... Work in his heart. Work in her heart. I believe the reason that we don't see conversions, we hear stories. Let me take a time out. When I say we, I don't mean our church. I mean 2017 Christianity. Praise the Lord, we do see conversions. But we hear stories of people miraculously coming to Christ we say, man, how come I've never seen that happen? I'm convinced it's because we don't pray people to God like Christians used to. The urgency of prayer, all the things that we have planned, all the manpower that will go into things this summer, all the money that already has gone and will gone into this summer, and to not be accompanied by prayer, it's all a waste. Think of the money that you, right here, back in January, gave towards youth conference. We raised money in chilly night. If that money is not accompanied by intercessory prayer, little to nothing is going to happen on our trip to youth conference. God can and will take a look. And by by the way, you say I I I'm not never have been somebody to pray by the hour. Oh, okay, but let's start with just praying for the need in front of you. The other night, the uh, the camp that we were in. It started uh, Monday night. We traveled. All day Tuesday, and got there for the Tuesday night service. It's in, uh, it's out in the sticks. No Wi-Fi, no phone service. No, I mean nothing. Your cell is, cell phone is dead. It's you basically have a very expensive camera. And uh, there was a little over a hundred campers, and the the camp actually is led by a church there, and I don't think that church had any of their own teenagers there that, I don't think. They may have. The camp counselors are young people from colleges, Christian colleges across America, and then the local churches bring groups of 2, 4, 10, 15, whatever, and some of them didn't even have counselors. In other words, a church comes, drops off eight teenagers, and then comes back and picks them up at the end of the week. Amazing thing. And the camp runs all all year, all, all summer long, or at least a number of weeks in the summertime. And the Hiles Anderson Tour Group was the special music for the week, and Joe's in the group, so that's why we went. We did nothing except show up for the services. We did have to assist them with transportation a little bit because the van broke down, but so we wound up, we, we prayed before we left, God give us the opportunity to be a blessing, and he did. It was a good thing you're here kind of a thing. But in the services, we did not. Oh, I did one thing. the The preacher was using an illustration, and he had one guy and three older guys, and I was an older guy, so I got to stand up there on the platform and be an illustration. But we didn't sing. I didn't preach. Amy didn't teach. We nothing. But Tuesday night, now we're we're brand new there. Tuesday night, we're walking in. the The, the campers are here, so a hundred teenagers here, and then the counselors sit in the back. The adults are sitting in the back. So we're, we're sitting in a different section in the back. And there's a guy three rows in front of me. I don't know anybody there except my son and Brother Jesse in a tour group. I, I don't even know the, the guy running the camp. I don't know anybody. But there's a kid sitting three rows up. And I'm just telling you, he had punk written all over him. Probably 17, 16, 17, 18 years old. And uh, while most of the teenagers looked like solid Christian church kids, this guy, I I don't even know how to describe, like, layers of hair, and and the the different layers were different colors. And um, while they were doing serious things, this guy's turning around, giving all these just, you know, seedy looks to the guys behind him, like, yeah, I'm too cool for this and all that. And the Spirit of God just pricked my heart. I said, Lord, that kid's here for a reason. He may be a total punk, but he came to a church camp. There's something in there. God, would you do something in his arm? Honestly, I'm sitting there where it's very easy. For one group, I mean, when I was a teenager, I couldn't stand punks. I have never had any patience for, what's a punk? The guy that can't keep the rules, the guy that just thinks he's too cool for everything, and he can't, can't go just, yeah, hey, I'm, hey, hey, you know, macho, punk. I've never had patience for that, and that's, that's a weakness. You know, I'm supposed to love everybody. And there was definitely a day when I would have just sat there and said, you stinking punk, why you come here and ruin this for everybody else? But I didn't. I, I just began to pray for him, sitting there. God, do something in that fellow's heart. That night, the preacher preached a salvation message. And to my complete surprise, that guy raised his hand. And they had counselors take, I think there were 10, 10 teenagers got saved that night. Took them over. I mean, they probably dealt with that kid for a half an hour. Off to the side. Now, I. You know, why is it when we, when we tell an prayer, prayer, you know, it sounds like we're taking the credit. I'm not taking the credit for that kid getting saved. He's probably got a mom praying for him, a dad praying for him, a pastor praying for him, a, a youth worker praying for him. But I'll tell you this. When he came back and sat down in tears, I mean, he was in tears. And the guys around him, the same one that he was too cool to talk to before, are patting him on the back, congratulating him. I sure was glad that I'd been one of the people praying for him. And I thank the Lord for answering my prayers. that mean I'm the cause? No, absolutely I'm not the cause for him getting saved. But God did answer my prayer. And so I thank the Lord for answering my prayer. I'm talking about the immediate need. It's so easy to complain, like the children of Israel. We don't got any water. All the water's been there. Why'd you bring us down here to kill us for? And we're not complaining to God, we're complaining at you. Although God said they were complaining to God. But they said, no, no, no. We got nothing against God. It's Moses. What did Moses do when they complained? He went to God. So why couldn't they go to God? Well, our first, our, our natural first reaction to problems is to start whining and, oh, it's so mad. It's so awful. We're not going to make it. We're going to die. It's so terrible. Why don't we just go to God and pray? God, show me the way. This summer, it's summertime now. I want to urge you to watch in prayer with everything that happens. Watch in prayer. And I want to show you some Bible examples just to give you some perspective here. We're in Matthew 26. Look at verse 41. Jesus said, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. First of all, watch and pray for your own strength. It's very arrogant of us to think that we're going to be okay. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm fine. I'm good. That's very arrogant. And to think that you don't need to pray because you're all set. There's not a one of us that by the end of this summer could not be living in destruction and heartache because of some foolish, horrible mistake that we've made. Oh, come on, pastor. Not me. Or here maybe is more likely what you may be thinking. Oh, come on, pastor. Not you. Oh, I could. Oh, I don't got anything going on. I'm not like yeah, I'm about to fall off the edge. Pray for me. No. But I could just as easily destroy my life in the next three months as anyone else in this room. Watch and Pray for your own strength. I try not to read the Bible with a what-if thing, but I cannot help but wonder what would have happened with Peter, James, and John if they would have stayed stayed awake and prayed. Jesus still would have been arrested. He still would have been crucified. He still would have risen from the dead. But I have to wonder if maybe maybe Peter, James, and John wouldn't have missed the resurrection if they had watched and prayed right here. Maybe. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Peter would not have fled. I'm pretty sure Peter would not have denied Christ. Now you say, well, but but Jesus already said that he was going to deny. Yes, he had, but if Peter had prayed here, maybe Jesus would not have... You know, it gets into that tricky foreknowledge stuff and so forth, but I'm just simply saying... Things would have been different if they had prayed right here. Watch and pray for your own strength. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. The summer of prayer, people. We've got to make this a summer where we watch and pray. There's so much going on. There's so much opportunity for God to work and for God to bless. And if we do not pray, the greatest potential victories can turn into the greatest failures and defeats. Watch and pray for your own strength. Secondly, Ephesians 6, 18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now let's leave off the all saints part first. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication. That sounds pretty intense. We're definitely not talking about God is great, God is good, let us thank for the food. This is some intense praying. And notice who it's for. For all saints. How long has it been since you wept for a fellow believer and you didn't even know if they had a need? We ought to be covered in prayer. Meaning, everybody in this room ought to be covered in prayer because everybody in this room ought to be covering one another in prayer. Praying for God to strengthen our faith. Praying for God to give us wisdom and insight. Praying for God to show us the way. Praying for God to strengthen our marriages. Praying for God to help us rear our children. Praying for God to provide the needs and to protect. And God, please work in their lives. Praying. Praying. Praying intensely for fellow believers. Who's going to pray for the new believers? it in the church and don't be judgmental here but but we all have concerns who is it in the church that you're worried about spiritually how about instead of sharing that with someone you know i'm i'm really worried about so and so It's just they're not doing what they ought to do how about you take that to the lord in prayer god please God, please, we need spiritual leaders in our church. But, you know, I never have been a firer. In other words, you know, um, I don't know whose name to call without anybody thinking I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I'm not anywhere close to serious, so let's take my wife, all right, she knows I'm. You know, hon, just don't like what I'm hearing about that uh, Velveteen Sunday School class. I'm sorry, we're not to let you go. I've never done that to anybody. We've had some folks really test the limits on how much they come to church and how much they live the Christian life out before other believers, really push the limits. The only time I've ever asked workers to tell them they've had to step down is when they crossed a line of actually lashing out at somebody. In my memory, it's only happened twice, and neither one of those people are here anymore. I don't like to do it. And by the way, if you're a teacher... I'm as concerned about your spiritual growth as I am the people you're teaching. In fact, I have to say, I'm probably more concerned about your spiritual growth. And I know the moment I say, hey, you know what? You you haven't been coming to church, so you can't do that anymore. You can't lead that anymore. Well, as soon as I do that, I have capped off their spiritual growth. So I'm extremely patient. What do you do? We pray. You pray for me, I'll pray for you. We pray for each other. How about instead of being critiquers, and there's no critiquing going on that I'm aware of, but how about instead of being fellow critiquers, we be fellow supporters in prayer? Who's going to pray? Who's going to pray for new believers? Who's going to learn the names of first-time visitors so that they can pray for them? Say, well, what if they don't come back? And then their name's in my prayer list like forever and I never see them again. Yeah, that would be a shame if they had a a prayer warrior the rest of their life, wouldn't it? You know, God has proven himself again and again on this. I'll look at my prayer list of people that have been faithful to church, and, you know, I'll be praying through, and, and it'll just hit me. Lord, I pray for that person regularly, and I have not seen them in three years. They're not coming back. And I, be, I really have. Some Usually the Spirit of God convicts me, and maybe sometimes he does, and I ignore it. I don't know. But 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 usually I'll leave the name on. Sometimes I'll I'll just, you know what? This is just taking up space and time, the, you know. And almost inevitably, I see them that very week. Somebody I haven't seen in three years. Or they come to church after three years of being gone. And I got to go back, and, Lord, I'm sorry, I'm going to write their name back in there. I'm sorry. One of the core principles of our church is we don't ever give up on anybody. Now, there does come a time where you stop pouring a bunch of resources and time and effort into one person who's not taking it and focusing on someone else who is taking it. That sure has to happen. That's just wise and prudent and scriptural. But we don't ever write anybody off and say, Ah, we're done with you. So if that's true... There's nobody that we should give up on in prayer. Praying for fellow believers. Who's gonna pray for our teenagers? Well, that's what that's what Brother Zach is for. I'm not sure that's in our church constitution and bylaws. Yeah, only 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 Brother Zach and Miss Catherine need to pray for the teenagers. We we've seen this again and again and again over the years that teenagers who begin to take steps towards God face intense spiritual crises. And by the way, that, 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 that doesn't necessarily just apply to kids that ride the bus and their parents don't come to church. Sometimes kids come to church and make a decision towards God and all of a sudden their Christian parent becomes their worst enemy. And it's all... Satan trying to get them off course. So, all of that to say, all of that to say, who's going to pray for these teenagers? Who's going to pray for these kids that ride our bus? We have no idea what goes on in the homes of the kids that sit in our Sunday school classes. Who's going to pray for them? Who's going to go before God and weep and say, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, please. God still works, and God wants to work, and he works in response to the prayers of his people. Would you just do me a favor and say amen if you're listening to me right now? All right, very good, thank you. I don't need you to amen, but I just need to know that you're with me here, and we're going to close out pretty soon here. Turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 2 and 3. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, praying also for us, Paul says, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. I said, first of all, pray for your own strength. I said, secondly, watch and pray for fellow believers. Thirdly, watch and pray for the work of God. Watch and pray for the work of God. I could tell story after story after story tonight of a time, and and specifically tonight in the summertime, where, bang, the lights just came on somebody's heart. I mean, hey, we were coming to church and coming to church and coming to church and coming to church and coming to church, and you said... Man, do they even get what's going on here? And then bang <laughs> you turn around and they're like the best Christian in the church. What in the world? What in the world? Somebody was praying. Now can I ask you if it was dependent upon my prayer or yours, could God do that in someone's heart this summer? And I don't I'm not just talking teenagers here. There are adults in this room, I have no doubt, are still seeking what God wants them to do next with their life. God, what do you have for me to do? Are you praying for them? God, please work. God, please work. There's there's so many urgent needs and opportunities. Let me throw this out. Are we praying for God to continue to work in hearts. Do you pray for the radio broadcast? Do you pray for every track that goes out and gets left on a door, every door that gets knocked on? God, please work. God, please work. God, please bless those tracks. God, please bless the word of God. God, please bless the soul winners. God, please bless the bus workers. We are not a church that sits here and waits for people to come in. We are a church that goes out there. But are we praying for our soul winners? Are we praying for our bus workers? Are we praying for our the very tracks that go out? Are we praying for our workers? Are we praying for our teachers? Are we praying for every worker in the church? For God to work and God to bless and God to multiply. Are we praying for God to bring people in those doors? It's great to invite people to church and then they come, but it's 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 a different kind of great to see people come and you say, where'd you come from? Who invited you? And to just see that sort of God brought them in. Do you pray for visitors? I visited a man yesterday that doesn't go to our church, but (laughs) he visited a church in October of last year. And he said they didn't know what to do because it was the first visitor they'd had all year long. Now, I'm not condemning the church. I'm saying, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in that position. Every Saturday night, we, the men pray. We basically ask God for five things, his presence, his protection, his provision, his power, and people. And one of the last things I pray for every Saturday night when I pray is, God, please bring people to church tomorrow who haven't been here in a long time. Bring lost people. Let them get saved. Bring first-time visitors. Now, again, I'm not saying that God does that because I pray for it. because you, you pray for it too. And we all work to get visitors to church. But it doesn't happen without our prayers. And that flow. Of people coming in that we've never seen before. I don't think it happens without our prayers, without watching in prayer. Pray for your own strength, pray for fellow believers, pray for the work of God. Who's God gonna touch this summer? Who's God gonna call this summer? Who is it who's gonna have just phenomenal spiritual growth this summer? Oh, I pray that we don't miss the opportunity because we don't pray. First Peter 4, 7. I realize tonight this is not the most exciting truth on the planet, but it may be the most life-changing truth you could hear. Because if we will pray, God will do great things. Let me throw this out before we get to this fourth point. You're in First Peter 4. Um, we've been praying for something as a church. And I don't like to get us focused on praying for material things. I should probably get more concerned about money than I do, but I don't. I just feel like I, my great desire is for God to work in hearts. And God always seems to provide the money. And can, can I tell you, any church that's doing something for God, any Bible-believing, independent Baptist, soul-winning church that's doing anything for God never has the money they need. That's the truth. I heard Dr. – I probably shouldn't quote him, but I heard him say it on a recording. On a, on a, I heard Dr. Jack Trevor say, I don't ever remember a Monday morning in the history of our church where we had enough money. <laughs> I said, wow, okay, I feel better about myself. God always keeps us needing and trusting. But we have prayed about a particular physical need. And let me just keep it before you. God's still working. Would you just trust me? God's still working. Stuff I can't share. It's not moment, monumental things that could happen at any moment, but I can tell you, God has shown me again this week, He's still working. Keep it before God in praise. What are you talking about, Pastor? Well, I guess you need to talk to me. I don't know. I, I, I think we all know what I'm talking about. God is working. I'm begging you. I'm begging you. When I go, and I didn't do it much this week because I was out of town, but most weeks, somewhere between 30 and 45 minutes every single day, I sit in that spot and I pray. And As I do, I say, God, I hope there's a church full of people praying with me. Because if we're all praying together for what God has for us, we'll get there. I'll tell you a cool spot. This is a little this is a little cheater thing, all right? But but um I uh, I went how many of you know where the Patriot Garage is? It's right next to the ice skating rink. And I went in yesterday was a farmers market. So I went in there and I drove all the way up to the top floor. And the the roof, you can park on the roof, and it slants a little bit. So I backed up to the edge of the roof, looking in the direction of our church. Okay. But I'm up there, and it's a lot of trees. Over here is Main Street, a lot of trees over here. And what do you know? There's a steeple right there in front of me. As we say in my house, dad gum. And uh, I sat there, and I worked on this morning's message, and I... Prayed about some things, but I said, I said, Lord, this is a great place to pray right here. And I prayed and I said, God, now I think it costs $4 to go in. Uh, I don't know because I was on my way out. I'd been there a while and I was on my way out. And the guard said, uh, uh, I gave him my ticket. And, you know, Mr. Honest here, he goes, were you at the farmer's market? I said, no. And he rolled his eyes because I guess it's a hassle. Because if you're at the farmer's market, parking's free. I said, no. He goes, were you at the farmer's market? I said, no. And finally, just handed my ticket back. He goes, you were at the farmer's market. And he opened the gate. <laughs> it was more hassle for me to pay than to not pay. But I think normally it costs like 4 bucks to park in there. But anyway, awesome place to pray. There's another parking, parking garage downtown also that you can go up. I used to be able to go up on the top. Great place to pray. I'm saying, are you praying with me? Are you praying with me for God to to do something great that multiplies our potential to influence people for Jesus Christ? Here's what I've told him in this matter that that I've been praying for pretty intensely. Lord, if you will do this, I commit to you three things. And, And Lord, I believe I'm asking you to make our church a steward of something. I'm speaking in code a little bit because some of you get what I'm talking about. Make our church a steward of something. And only you can do that. We can't do it. Only you can do that. I said, Lord, I believe we have proven that we are, we would be the absolute best stewards of this thing living. And I say, Lord, if you will do this thing that I'm asking, I commit to you. Sort of like Hezekiah, I commit to you to continue to do what we've already done. I remind the Lord that I stood right back there outside that window and said, if you give us this building, we will fill up that room. This morning, it was packed. So, Lord, all I'm asking is for you to, if you will do this, I'm committing to you that we will do what we are already doing, which is using our God-given resources for your glory. Number two, we will use our God-given resources and assets to impact the city of Danbury for you. Thirdly, I commit to you that if you will do this, we will use our God-given resources and assets to reach every last person in the city of Danbury that you want reached. That's how I pray, and I invite you to pray with me for the work of God. Last one, 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Be therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Now, You may say, wait a minute, this is Peter, he's writing 2,000 years ago, he said the end of all things is at hand, but it wasn't, was it? Oh, yes, it was. Because Jesus can always come at any time. So it is always at hand. Do you understand that? There is always, there has never been a time since the book of Acts, that Jesus could not have come. Therefore, the rapture has always been at hand. And we are to live as if the end of all things is at hand. How can you be sure you're going to be ready? That you'll be living a ready lifestyle when Jesus comes by watching in prayer. By watching in prayer. Can I just confess to you something? I'm be a little transparent here. There was a day where I was begging God to come back, to, you know. I just was so, not within the last couple of years either. This is a number of years ago where I was just so despondent about the future. God, please just come back and end this thing. Can I tell you, I'm not there right now. Oh, I, I want to see Jesus. I want to, I, I and I would love to just get this whole mess behind us and so forth, but but I am so hungry for for what God wants to do. I am so hungry for us to reach more people with the gospel and see more people get saved and more people grow in grace and bring more people into the kingdom of Christ. I guess it would be wrong to say that I don't want him to return, but I have to say I am not as... wishing for it as I might have been maybe 10 years ago. I want to see God work before he comes. I want to see God work in Danbury. I don't want to get to heaven and stand before his throne and have him light up, you know, cities across America, around the world where the work of God got done, but Danbury, eh, fail. No. I want you to be standing with me as we say, God say, I don't know how it's going to go, but it's going to go somehow. Have God say, y'all got it done in Danbury. I want to be ready. Watch in prayer. Watch in prayer. So will you join me tonight to watch in prayer? Will you pray, whether at your seat or at the altar tonight? I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar.